Hey everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Ask Shane Anything. By now you've seen my impressions of Starfield. And some of you guys may be playing it this weekend if you decided to plunk down the extra money to get in on early access. And if so, I hope you enjoy the game as much as I did. Now this show is a reward for those of you who pledge at $7 or more per month. That's the Ask Shane tier. Everybody does get to watch the show. However, if you pledge at that tier, your questions have a much higher probability of actually making it into the show. Now, I am not in Los Angeles right now. I am on the East Coast. I've had to pre-record a bunch of stuff. In fact, it's been insane getting it all done. This is one of them. Um, and this is a little bit of a shorter episode because I have so much other stuff to get done, but I think you'll still enjoy it. Let's get straight to the questions. Okay, our first question for this week's episode comes from Kevin Holdsworth. Hey Shane, in your opinion, what do you believe to be the best, or I suppose worst, examples of a company dropping the ball with a successful product or IP? For instance, Blizzard's recent handling of Overwatch 2, or Microsoft's launch of the Xbox One, which I think has hurt the Xbox brand for the last decade. What do you think are the worst botches in the industry? Okay, Kevin, well, truth be told, there haven't been that many monumental mistakes. I mean, we can go back all the way back in history, and you can look at console sequels on the Atari 2600 to the 5200. That was a disaster. Um, and television never had as good second console that anyone cared about. It kind of, that whole brand kind of went away. ColecoVision was a big early console. That kind of died and went away. Um, so there's a long history of companies launching consoles and then the next console not doing as well or just not ever materializing at all. Um, so I think through the course of time, there's been a lot of products that have not lived up to the pedigree. Another one I could think of is Devil May Cry 2. Uh, the first Devil May Cry came out. We're like, oh my God, brand new awesome IP from Capcom. Everybody loved the first Devil May Cry. And then the second one came out and it was abysmal. And I mean abysmal. I don't know if you ever played it. I do not recommend it. So as far as games are concerned, that was one where the ball was dropped in the second one. But I think what most people care about more than anything is hardware. And looking back, obviously I brought up Atari and ColecoVision and Television, all those early companies that never really sustained their business across time. But let's look at the big boys, the boys that have made it over time. And you obviously brought up the Xbox One with Microsoft. I think I would be, maybe be a little more specific with that and say that the whole Kinect thing that they tried to push on people with Xbox One, and don't forget TV, 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 <laughs> their press conference, those were mistakes. It is a major blunder. I'll give you that. But I do think that I have one that is worse. And it is kind of similar to Xbox One in, in that the company was coming off a really great period of its history and then just totally crapped the bed on its next chance to make an impact, and that is Nintendo with the Wii U. Now, I'll be honest with you, I don't know, I believe the Xbox One outsold the Wii U pretty significantly. I sh probably should have checked that before I recorded this, but I believe that that is the case. Um, the, the Wii U, I believe, will go down in Nintendo's history, even a hundred years from now. People will be talking about how the Wii U was Nintendo's biggest mistake. Coming off the Wii, you would expect a little bit more. <laughs> I mean, first of all, what makes me a little bit nervous about the next Switch or whatever Nintendo's next console is, is the Wii U. Because Nintendo had a home run with the Wii, and look at what it did with the Wii U. It's not impossible to believe that Nintendo could make another huge misstep with whatever they it releases after the Switch. Um, my hope is 
that it learned from the Wii U and will never, ever make that mistake again. The Wii U was an abysmal console on almost every front. Sales, technically, perception, everything. Remember, Nintendo announced a new console and people did not think it was a new console. People thought that it was just a tablet controller for the Wii. That's crazy. I, I remember specifically when they unveiled the Wii U, after they did the press conference, they had this big breakout area where you could go and actually play the Wii U. The first thing I did was go in there and look under the cabinets in the kiosk to see what was down there, to see if it was, in fact, a new console. And I, took, I remember I took a picture of it and then shared it with everyone because no one could believe that it was new. They thought it, that the Wii U was just a new tablet controller for the Wii. So the Wii U, I mean, it sold some few units. It didn't really have any marquee games for it, although you could argue Mario Kart 8 has become one of the best-selling games of all time. Is that fair to count? I don't know. Um, as far as Nintendo's first-party output on that console, it wasn't abysmal, but it wasn't great either. It's really hard to pluck out, like, uh, a single game of the forever for the Wii U. And this problem actually goes back to, like, the end of the Wii's life cycle. Nintendo did a horrible job managing the end of the Wii. It allowed all the third-party developers and publishers to run away because it couldn't they couldn't make any money on the Wii. Um, and really, it just kind of limped to the finish line, and then that whole thing just continued on with the Wii U. So I think if there's one product that shocked me more than any other as far as, like, okay, I believe X, Y, and Z is going to happen. Instead, A, B, and Z happened. It was definitely the Wii U. Next up, we have a question from someone who I called out in our last episode of Ash Ain't Anything, and he has delivered with a question, and that is Keith McWomble. I love Streets of Rage 4. However, it's basically ruined beat-em-ups for me. I recently played Double Dragon Gaiden, and I thought it felt archaic rather than retro compared to Streets of Rage 4. We've had Warhammer Bolt Gun, Quake 2, and Star Wars Dark Forces is coming soon. What's your take on redesigning old IP for modern systems and audiences? Who does it well? Where do people go wrong? What's your recipe for remaking an old IP? Big question, but I think the question is pretty simple to answer. Um, you guys obviously have heard my take on Quake 2 from the last couple weeks, and it is funny, I've had some pushback on people, like on the on comments on YouTube, where they're like, Quake 2 is still good. It is not still good. Take off your rose-tinted nostalgia glasses where you've told yourself over and over in your mind that Quake 2 is awesome. Get it out. Because it's not, it's not awesome anymore. <laughs> I'm sorry, you're wrong. Um, I get it. For a lot of you, it was this big iconic moment in your gaming careers. Quake 2 was, it was awesome back in 1997. It's not awesome now. And that brings me to the response to your question, which is, do not worry about making it authentic. Do not worry about straying too far away from the original game. Now, I do think there's a breaking point. I think games that were originally released, I don't know, 2010 and later, it's probably pretty safe to keep the remaster pretty close to the original concept because, let's be honest, games haven't changed all that much in the last 10 to 15 years. However, you're talking about the 90s when developers were still figuring out how to do stuff, like how to make 3D games at all. Then, I think it's totally fair to say that you should not be trying to make a game in 2023 that is just like the one that released in 1997. Um, the truth is, most of the shooters from that era, I'm not singling out Quake 2, but most of the shooters from that era do not hold up now. I would argue there is one that does, and that game is Star Siege Tribes, the game that I champion every chance I get. That game still does not feel old. All the other shooters from that era do. And obviously, you're speaking about games outside of the first-person shooter genre. You're talking about beat-em-ups. Um, and I would argue that Streets of Rage 4 
is a pretty good example of that. I would also argue that Double Dragon Gaiden is the other example, where it tries too hard to stay exactly the same as the original games, and it's worse off for it. I, In general, I think games from the 90s and before, if you're trying to remaster those games, like, you need to make some tweaks. You need to have some modern elements in those games that make them still fun to play. It's okay to have, like, the plot and the visuals. I think those things are fine to keep from those old days, but you have to at least try to upgrade the actual combat in the gameplay a little bit for modern contrivances. So um, I hear you, like it's hit or miss. You have one beat em up that you like, that you think it does a good job of finding that happy medium. You have one that you're like, man, you're just so much of a throwback, I can't even play you anymore. I feel the same way about a lot of genres, honestly. And generally, most of the games from the 90s that are in 3D, 2D, a bit of an exception, but most of the 3D games from the 90s should not just be shot for shot remasters from the games back then. The truth is that they just do not hold up after 20 or 30 years. I don't think that's crazy. I don't think anybody expected those games from that era to be these beacons on the hill that we should all aspire for. They're not great games now. That's just the truth of the matter. I came from that era. I'm here to tell you that games are way better now than they were then. So I think one thing I've learned through all these remasters that have been popping up is that the good old days weren't all that good. All right, our last question for this week's episode comes from NeoJD. With this year's Madden sending out review codes late with the 66 Metacritic score, do you think the NFL ever opens up its license again to another publisher? Could a company like 2K get another shot at it? ESPN NFL 2K5 is still respected today. I feel like over the last, I don't know, I guess if I just do the math, 18 years? I can't tell you how many people have been have asked me, like, why won't they bring back NFL 2K? NFL 2K5 is still so awesome. And I hear you, and I kind of get it. Um, I can't say that I've gone back and played NFL 2K5 in the last 10 years. Um, I did play it back when it came out, and it seemed good. Um, did I think when I played it then that it would be this thing people would be asking for 18 years later? No. <laughs> but to your point, it is good. And to your other point, EA is dropping the ball with Madden. Blatant pun. You figure after you've made a franchise for 20 years or however long EA's been making Madden at this point, longer than that, um... You'd have certain things figured out. You think you'd have, like, tenants for the franchise. Like, you know what? Every entry of Madden, and we have to do this every year, so we have to set up these tentpole things that need to be in every Madden. You think EA would have done that by now. It has not. It's like this... Madden has become this amoeba where other, like, single-cell organisms bump up against it and it'll rub it and it'll take a little bit of its material from all these different things. Um, and it's just like this thing that only evolves on the fringes not at its core and the truth of the matter is is that madden has needed an overhaul at its core for a really long time and that's never going to happen when you release it every year it's just impossible it is an impossible ask of tiburon i feel bad for the people at tiburon making madden every year back in the 2d era easy making madden every year in the playstation n64 dreamcast era a little more difficult, but still doable. Making Madden every year for the PS2 era, getting a little more difficult. Every generation, the demands for presentation become so much more that that takes so much time off of Tiburon's plate that it cannot focus on the stuff that really matters. 66 Metacritic, that's abysmal. Is that bad enough for the NFL to sit up and take notice? I believe it is. I do believe it is. The exclusive license with EA runs out pretty quickly here. I guess another year or two before, you know, 
conceivably the NFL should start considering whether it should uh, allow EA to keep making NFL games exclusively. Now, keep in mind that license for EA is only for console and PC. There are like mobile NFL games, and I believe even 2K is even making a mobile NFL game. Um, but it's like a, it's not really like an NFL simulation. So 2K already has its claws in the NFL license a little bit. It's not crazy to think that it could keep digging in a little bit more and maybe at least have a discussion with the NFL when the time comes. Do I think that that's going to happen? Probably not. And the reason why is because of the bottom line. Madden still continues to sell really well. It's pretty much review proof. I mean, it's got a 66 Metacritic. You watch it's going to sell four or five million, no problem. Because the truth of the matter is that there are just a ton of NFL fans that are thirsty for an NFL game, and they're willing to deal with a lot of flaws, obviously, because they keep buying Madden. So, yeah, it's have we hit rock bottom with Madden? The sad truth is we haven't. In some ways, Madden played better this year than last year's game. It's subtle, but there are some ways where it does. Um, so, to stop the hemming and the hawing, and to answer your question, do I really believe the NFL... Um, we'll consider other publishers for the NFL license. Yes. Do I realistically think that they're going to take the game away from EA? No. No, I don't. Because the NFL knows better than anyone that if they decide to let some other company make an NFL game, that it's going to have bumps and bruises out of the gate. The first couple years may not sell quite as well. And the NFL is just concerned about the bottom line, and it is very happy with the checks that EA has been writing it for the last 20-plus years. All right, that's it for this episode of Ashley and Anything. I told you it was going to be a little bit shorter. Um, obviously, I have a ton of content to produce before I leave uh, to go on my little vacation back on the East Coast for Labor Day weekend, which I am actually gone and doing right now. Um, so anyway, thanks to everybody who pledges at $7 or more per month. Without you guys, this show would not happen. Um, we're going to need more questions when I get back because I'm doing two episodes back-to-back -back here. Uh, so head on over to sifted.net. There's a link in the header where you can ask me questions. Um, please do that. And again, it's open 24-7, 365. If something pops in your head, just head on over there and ask me, and I'll get to it as soon as I can. So everybody have a great weekend, and I'll see you in the next episode.